0: bold and raw perspectives of local politics important information which impacts our community nation and world exposing truth transparency and getting to the heart of relevant issues that you just won't see in the clickbait media and always keeping it real it's the michelle tanner podcast but i won't back down Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Michelle Tanner podcast. We've got an awesome guest today with so many things to talk about, really pertinent information that you are going to want to share this episode with everyone you know. So, I have sitting here with me Julie Beeling. She is author of book Beneath Sheep's Clothing which is also going to be coming out here soon as a documentary which I cannot wait for that and I'm sure Julie will tell us a little bit more about that and her journey but Julie she's got a dual master's degree obviously author um, you know now making this amazing documentary and if I'm understanding it correctly, it's all about bringing things to light such as Marxism and communism and the dangers of that, and is that indeed being implemented here in America? So let's first start, Julie, maybe just give us a background of yourself and how you even got to this point of being an author. So I would love to learn more about you. Yeah, sure, so I was a missionary in Russia in the
1: late 90s, And then I came back to the States and got my dual master's in Russian and East European studies and Russian language and literature. And for my degree in Russian and East European studies, I wrote my master's thesis on underground Christian movements in the Soviet Union and their survival tactics and the tactics of the Soviet state to try to destroy them. Wow. And so that was back. That was 20 years ago that I that I defended my thesis and I had this feeling as I was working on it and researching it and I was able to go back to Russia to meet people who were part of these different underground movements that well one of them was still underground even after the collapse of the Soviet Union and um, but I had this feeling that there was some there was something that would come from that that I would later put out for Americans that there would be some nugget of truth and that's definitely been the case in 2008 something was on the news that reminded me of the way that the the fringe movements in the Soviet Union, which were Baptists, Pentecostals, Jehovah's Witnesses, how they were treated, which was pretty awfully, by the Soviet state. I saw the same treatment happening to a fringe Christian movement in America, where they were just taking all the kids away from them, saying, oh, you're abusing your kids. We just have to take your kids from you. We're not going to have due process are we talking Waco? We kind of sound, it sounds like well, Waco a little bit. <laughs> I do. I do go into that in my book. Yeah. have a chapter oh, on that yeah. in my awesome. book, but, also, but the FLDS. Yeah. And that's not to say that there weren't problems with either of those two groups, but the answer is not to throw due process out the window. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of first caught my attention. And then I looked because I, for my thesis, I researched, I, I discovered that there were three major tactics <clears throat> that the Soviets used to try to destroy Christianity um, from the, like, The early tactics, they were just arresting and executing and imprisoning all the Christian clergy they could, but that backfired. So they had to retool their tactics after World War II. And the three tactics that they used is, number one, they continued with anti-religious propaganda and pro-communist and socialist propaganda. Two, they they only kept their really heavy oppression and those tactics for the fringe Christian groups that everyone considered to be cults. Because it was very low cost for them to like, you know, have a very heavy hand against those individuals because no one liked them. Mm -hmm. And and again, in the Soviet Union, that was Baptist Pentecostals. Um, And then the third tactic was they infiltrated the churches in the Soviet Union's case with KGB agents. Um, they infiltrated to to pose as clergy going into the seminaries and rising up in the ranks. Wow. And to the point that when the Soviet Union collapsed, the head of the, Rus- the patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church himself was a KGB agent.
0: Mm, interesting. So yeah. it sounds like really communism is the opposite of Christianity. At least that's how it feels for me, because... You know, you have agency, which I believe is God's plan, and then you have oppression, which I believe is Satan's plan, and really that's what we're talking about at its core, right? If we're talking about communism versus a a free society, is that right? Yeah, and the thing about communism, though, it doesn't, and I say this in my book, when communism comes
1: knocking at your door, it doesn't say, hey, I'm here to oppress you, enslave you, and murder you. It says, I'm here to to free you from oppression. Mm-hmm. So it's it all these really nice sounding promises. In the Soviet Union, they were promising bread and land to the peasants. So people were like, sure, sign me up. And then <clears throat> the upper class in Russia before the Soviet, before the Bolshevik revolution, they had a lot of guilt that they were, they felt guilty that the peasantry of Russia was really was not doing well. They were barely subsisting. They were not educated. And it was 80% of the populace. So, between that guilt of the upper class and between legitimate oppression and nice sounding promises, you know, it's really easy to see how Russia <clears throat> ended up how it did. But Marxism, which Marxism is the playbook for preparing a society to fall to communism, yeah. Marxists, uh, Marxist thought leaders have discovered over the last several decades that they have
0: to retool Marxism to make it work in different types of societies. So Marxism is the playbook for communism, is what you're essentially saying. It's
1: the playbook for preparing a society to have a communist revolution. So Marxism is the oppressed versus oppressor framework. Mm -hmm. In Russia, it was the proletariat or the poor people versus the bourgeois, the people of privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, They've retooled it in many places. I mean, it's really amazing that, that I didn't even know this until I was researching for my book. In the early '80s, let's say 1983, '84, one third of the world's population lived in a communist regime. Wow! So there was a little bit. They had a little bit of a setback with communism collapsing in the Soviet Union and the Eastern Bloc, but communism is alive and well. And Marxist thought leaders have been like, "Hmm, how can we? How can we? You know, retool this for the West?" They've been working on this for decades yeah. and made huge inroads. And so all the woke stuff. As you know, is a form of Marxism where oppressed versus oppressor um, for with critical race theory. The oppressed class is people of color. The oppressor class is white people or whiteness or white supremacy. And again, there is some truth. There's always some truth there for it to resonate with people. It Mm -hmm. is true that obviously that people of color have experienced oppression in America. Um, Thankfully, not as much nearly as much today as in previous eras but they take something where there's some kernel of truth so people can resonate with it but it's as oppressed versus oppressor and they cause they want the oppressed people they constantly stoking grievance to get them to want to tear down the systems of power so they can come in the other thing about communism it's it's the most highly centralized power of any form of government mhm in you order- mean the government can't just step in and save us all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to, to make all these promises, you know, to keep all these promises they make, they have to say, oh, but we need more power, mm-hmm. get more and more power. And then obviously what happens, we live on planet Earth, when you put that much power in hands
0: of a few people doesn't go well. I think such a good example of what you're talking about right now is the Black Lives Matter movement, where it sounded on the surface like, well, of course, we all care about black people, right? You know, so of course, black lives matter. Nobody thinks that black lives don't matter in general anyway, right? And right. so they use such a, uh, you know, something that resonates, as you say, but what blew my mind so much when it even came here to St. George, Utah, that Black Lives Matter rally, when we had, you know, all different kinds of people down there who claim to be Republicans and conservatives and believe in America, and they're down there holding signs for a movement that quite literally, their founders say that they were trained Marxists, that this is a Marxist movement, and it doesn't take really much research to figure that out. So it's really concerning that people, A, would be ignorant enough to not research that, but B, like you're saying, that it's so easily infiltrated, and they take advantage of... Ignorant people. I hate to say it that way, but is would you agree with that? Most definitely, and
1: not just ignorant people, but I've noticed like even f- some friends of mine have fallen um, for the woke Marxism, and then of course, in addition to critical race theory, there's the queer theory and gender theory, with where they're using yeah. I want to hit on that for sure. They're using the LGBTQ as human shields to push through this Marxist revolution, um, using the pain, legitimate pain of some people who are LGBTQ that you know. To um, to force
0: this Marxist revolution on society, um, and how sick is that? That they are taking advantage of people who do historically have some some level of oppression in some ways, right? Because like you're saying, there is some truth, but then they take that and they prey on that and they twist that and they literally use those people to further a movement that's actually going to further oppress those people.
1: Right, yeah, The thing, another thing about communism is violence is totally game. If you're doing the violence in the name of the oppressed, you have free game to do whatever crimes Wow, and the Bolsheviks were this—they were they were domestic terrorists, and they had no problem. It was a blood, total bloodbath in the Soviet Union, and not just once, but throughout different areas of the Soviet Union. Total bloodbath—you um, know, upwards of forty plus million people murdered, wow, or
0: dead because of communism just in the Soviet Union alone, and. How do we not learn from this? Do you think is it being pushed in our schools so that the younger generation can carry this forward? Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things I
1: expose in my book and also in the documentary. Thanks to the the, the research and wonderful work of people like James Lindsay and Lisa Logan and others, Alex Newman, um, who've been researching this for a while and have gone to the root of it yeah Yeah, one of the things that I was wanting to talk about today is social and emotional learning in Mm -hmm. our schools Mm -hmm. because it's something that seems so good and so helpful and I'm sure there's aspects of it that are and I know my son I'm currently homeschooling I have a nine year old I'm currently homeschooling him he has been in schools here in Washington County um, at at different times Mm -hmm. and he had said three teachers and they were all wonderful people and the administrators that I he's at two different schools they're really nice people, I'm I am sure that the vast majority of educators in Washington County are very well meaning,
0: mm-hmm.
1: very nice people. But the problem is, and I share this in my book as well. <clears throat> most people who spread communism don't understand that's what they're doing. Um, it's kind of like a pyramid. At the top, you have the money bags who's funding it. Then you have the avowed communists that are like the diehard. Mm-hmm. Um, People kind of like the Black Lives Matter founders are
0: yeah. avowed communists. Would you say that's kind of in line, too, with, you know, deep state, maybe people high up within government or even unelected bureaucrats pushing this type of agenda, too? Would you say that's kind of the same tier um, or it, maybe down For lower? some of them, for some
1: of them. But the next level down is um, fellow travelers. And these are the leftists and progressives. Mm-hmm. They don't want a violent revolution like the avowed communists do. Mm-hmm. They just agree with a lot of the of the views of the communists and a lot of the agendas, and so they go along with it. The next level down is the dupes, and these are people that are duped by the nice-sounding promises. Yes, They want to help black people to have a better life. I'm sorry, who doesn't want that unless you're, I mean, most people do. Unless you are racist, <clears> which, <throat> yeah, you know, right.
0: they, they exist, but it's not the vast majority.
1: Right, um, and social and emotional learning is a prime example of people teachers and administrators that I believe, I'm sorry, are sadly duped, they are pushing this. Well, they're not even necessarily pushing it. It's actually being
0: pushed from the top yeah, down. It's the law. They have to implement it, is what I've been told, even from the state the level. State, the yeah. state. Yeah. They Yeah. Talking with some of the, um, I guess I did
1: go to a few school board meetings um, a year and a half ago. I was going to a few of them and talking with some of the school board members they're like, yeah, we could do without federal funding for our schools here in Washington County, but we have no choice. According to our state constitution, we have to follow the directives from the state.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> but the social and emotional learning, its um, there's, an, there's a version of it called transformative social and emotional learning. And that's, that's what was at my son's school. And oh, that's really? actually the Marxist version of it.
0: Interesting. But it's
1: very sneaky. It doesn't really start to show its true colors until they get into about eighth grade and then it starts going into that it's 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 what it very very slowly and carefully does is replaces judeo-christian ethics in our children without a permission mm-hmm. with woke marxism as their ideological foundation
0: such a scary scary thought for me when i first learned that they were implementing this social emotional learning in my son's old school that i've since pulled him from but A, I was never notified as a parent that they were teaching this, and that this school counselor, who by the way, is a self-proclaimed LGBT activist in her personal life, but you know, based off of her public Facebook post, she talks about her position frequently as a school counselor and her role as needing to affirm all of these things. And she's the one going in at this school every month and teaching this social emotional learning lesson. So like you said, I feel like it's this Trojan horse of they make it sound so wonderful. Of course, we want kids to know how to manage their emotions, which actually belongs in the home for the parents to teach. But they take that nice rainbow sunshine lollipops philosophy. But then it really, in my mind, depends on who's teaching it because it totally opens the door to push really whatever narrative you want doesn't it yes if you have an activist teacher they
1: can absolutely push it hardcore in the social justice woke marxist direction but then at my son's school they were using second step um which is i mean i was just on the website again before this interview and they have it hidden but their foundation is equity diversity equity and inclusion and again those words sound nice, mm-hmm. but I have to tell you, anytime you see the word equity, that's Red communism. Flag. That is communism because equity is equal outcomes, is pushing equal outcomes. That means someone cannot do better than someone else. Wow. That's and communism. how un-American is that? Right. And it's not even, it's not possible. Right. It's not, it's not possible. Right. My son is a genius when it comes to like designing and he taught himself how to code at age eight and nine and he's a, he's got this engineer's mind mm-hmm. way more brilliant than me amazing and then in other areas he's like a few years behind <laughs> like so he's like he's got like adult level in some area in mm-hmm. some areas he's like a three-year-old even though he's nine so you can't make kids all be
0: equal right everyone is different yeah we're not designed to all be equal. We all have different strengths, abilities, talents, just like you're mentioning about your son. Yeah. So yeah, that's just, it's crazy to, and again, to me, it goes back to Satan's plan of everybody's going to win. It's like, no, it actually comes down to personal responsibility and that individualism, right? Versus collectivism. And that feels a lot of what we've lost here in America is that sense of personal responsibility and advancing based off of merit. Right. Rather than, I mean, to me, there's nothing more racist, bigoted, sexist than promoting someone or giving someone a scholarship simply based off of their sexuality or the color of their skin or their gender. I'm sorry, I don't need a special scholarship just because I'm a woman. I should be able to get that scholarship based off of my merit. Right. I mean, So equity, I've already said, it's communism.
1: Now, equality, equal opportunity. That is something that we have been working towards in America. Not perfect. And I think we should keep working towards giving as much as we can equal opportunities for success. Yes. Diversity. That word, like, I love people of different backgrounds and religions and races. I always love being around lots of different types of people. But that's not the diversity they have in mind. Right. Diversity in the woke Marxist sense means everyone has to have the same mindset of woke, Marxist critical consciousness. That means you see the world world solely through the lens of oppressed versus oppressor. You're always going to be on the side of the oppressed. You're going to tear down the oppressive systems of power. The mm-hmm. systemic racism, the systemic patriarchy, the systemic heteronormativity and whatever else. That means you're a woke Marxist activist, whether you realize that you're a communist or not, that's what you are. Yeah. And that—that that is what diversity means. And this is one of the foundational principles of the social and emotional learning, transformative social and emotional learning. Then we have inclusion. I 100% want all children to be included, all people, including the LGBTQ, including everyone of any race or religion. Absolutely. Absolutely any, you know, whether they're disabled or whatever. Yes, but that's not what they mean by inclusion. Mm-hmm. By inclusion, they mean, if you do not have the woke Marxist
0: critical consciousness, consciousness, we will exclude you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And it's like, I tell people all the time, I believe in equal rights, not special rights, because that often seems like that's really what's being pushed is these special rights so that, okay, if you're in this group that we're going to deem oppressed, you actually get special rights. And then everybody else, especially if you're a white Christian male, I mean, you're not getting any special privileges in this uh, society. Not that you should. It should be equal rights. Right. right.
1: Well, James Lindsay, who I you got to meet when he came yes, to St. George, James Lindsay. He, the whole way he got involved in exposing Marxism and communism in America was that he and two of his um, academic friends, um, you probably know this story, that they, they took two years and they wrote a bunch of fake academic papers just as a joke right to get as many and woke papers to see like haha how, how many, can we, how get many published? can we get published yeah and they got quite a few of them published um, and one of them that they sent off um, for review it came back well in this paper let me see if I can get my facts straight they were suggesting that teachers should make like white males and other privileged children sit down and be quiet <laughs> but they would do it lovingly oh. but, but then the reviewers and this was from a like a a legitimate journal. The reviewers came back. The peer reviewed peer reviewers came back, and they're like, "Actually, it shouldn't be like done with compassion."
0: Oh wow! So they didn't go far enough yes. in their research, right? Wow! And so
1: James has said in different interviews that he took some time, and he's like, "This," and he really let it sink in. He's like, "This is the seed of a genocide." Yes. And I have to do what I can to expose it. And again, in the the process of writing all those woke papers, he had to read the source literature. So he was starting to get to the roots of the thought leader, the Marxist thought leaders, and um, and I've heard him say in interviews, um, and he said this also in my interview with him for my documentary. The the closer he looked, it was just it it got worse and worse. Yeah.
0: So um, how do we combat that? Do you think here in America, especially those of us who, you know, maybe they are just now learning that social emotional learning is even a thing in the classroom or this diversity, equity, and inclusion might not actually be the sunshine and rainbows that it claims to be. What do you feel like is the best thing we can do as freedom loving Americans to combat this Marxist communist agenda here? Yeah, I mean, I think we need to elect someone to for state
1: school board who represents southern Utah, who understands these these um, agendas and we'll fight against them. And there's other, there's a few other people in the state school board
0: on the state school board who are doing that, but not enough. Right. Yeah. Natalie Klein seems like she's one who, who really is not afraid to speak out about some of these things that are wrong systemically within our state education. I'm sure there's a few others, there but are. she's yeah. one that definitely stands out to me. Right, and we need more. And I've
1: met our representative for the state school board who who covers Washington County, and she's a very nice person. I have nothing against her personally, but she's oblivious. And so that's, that's the one thing. Um, we need a new governor.
0: <laughs> and a I'm sorry. Freaking men to that, yes. Push the delete
1: button. But that's going to be, if we have voter fraud. I mean, I don't know how we're going to do that, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, big deal when we talk about the importance of having a governor. I mean, I could go on and on and on. In fact, someone online who is a, you know, claims to be a conservative and they jumped on one of my posts yesterday that I put out about uh, Governor Cox. And they said, well, I'm all about Trump and I'm all about governor cox and i just thought how can you be about both when a governor cox has not been supportive of president trump um he has literally vetoed a bill that would have kept males out of our female sports to protect females i mean you want to talk about Oppression, Really? Are we going to go back now to uh, I I don't know where all the feminists are all of a sudden. That's just really beyond me. So there's all of these things that our governor has just not been a leader. In fact, to me, it seems like he's embraced this Marxist ideology. How do you feel? It definitely looks like that. I don't get a good feeling
1: about him. And I look at what he does. And it's it's you know, he throws a few bones to the
0: true conservatives. Well, Well, and especially now that it's getting closer to his election, I've noticed that he's (laughs) he's started to do a few more things that make people think, oh, you know, maybe maybe he's a conservative. But I'm sorry, anyone who was involved in masking healthy elementary children for an entire school year with no real data even to back up that decision, by the way, which I don't care. Even if the data was there, it should have never happened. But the data was not there scientifically. In fact, the scientific data showed that we should not be masking elementary children or any children for that matter. And Governor Cox stood up there and allowed that to happen here in the state of Utah for an entire year year even when masks were taken off the adults that mandate they were still left on the kids what does that tell you a follow the money why did utah receive so much freaking covid money i can even tell you down at the city level how that has affected us at a city in taking those covid funds but that alone should be a reason why governor cox should never step foot in elected office again I 100% agree with you. Um, and what his
1: what it, what he supports for education in this state is not a conservative position. And it, it definitely is supportive of all these agendas, whether he understands it or not. I mean, I think he probably does understand it to a certain degree. And, um, and if
0: he doesn't, that's really scary that we yeah. have someone at that level of power who's that ignorant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, do- it doesn't look good when I when I take a look at him. We you know we need a new governor. Can we pull it off? Even, I, I don't know, I don't know. But I don't know what our counties, our counties call. Oh, I'm sorry, but it's not okay to indoctrinate all of the, the school kids in the state of Utah without parental permission into woke Marxism. It's not okay, and it's gonna get worse. We have a law that passed, I believe it was last year, for mandatory ethnic studies for Utah K through 12 students beginning in so the- So tell
0: me about that, what in,
1: does that even mean? Oh my gosh, in the 2024, 2025 school year, it's, it begins. Um, unless we can stop it, um, ethnic studies sounds nice. And I have to say, with the homeschool that I do with my son, we have a very heavy emphasis on learning about different countries. Mm-hmm. Very heavy emphasis. Yeah. Um, we <clears throat> we just finished up with parts of Europe last month. Um, we did <clears throat> indigenous societies the month before that, like we're reading stories from these different countries, doing different crafts and activities. Yeah. I love learning about different countries. I love world travel and I love languages. And so yes, I'm teaching my son all that type of stuff. Yeah. That's not what the ethnic studies is. part of it is. They make it they want to make it look mm. like that's Another what it is. Another Trojan horse. Yes. But it's critical race theory. You scratch the surface of the nicey nice let's learn about different cultures, which 100% yes. And I'm sorry. Schools were already doing that. I remember in like Second, first grade or something, we did this big thing on Hawaii, and we all got to learn the hula and make grass skirts,
0: and there there were a lot of Polynesians where I lived. Yeah, I remember that even here in St. George, Utah, where I went to school in elementary school. I remember having those different... You know, ethnic cultural days where we would, we'd celebrate different cultures. And totally. And that's one of my favorite parts of my childhood was being able to travel to other countries and see how other areas of the world actually live. Because actually, what it should tell us and teach our children is how good we do have it here in America and how it's worth fighting for those principles that have made America the mega superstar of the world that it is today. So why we would be implementing things that actually take our society back in time and turn us into a culture and a society that we know historically, at least we should know, ends in massive bloodshed and death. Why would we be implementing things that teach children that that's the way to go rather than focusing on the founding principles of america and we are a founded judeo christian society right again most people don't understand
1: most people implementing these agendas don't understand what they really are um so i've um, done a number of podcasts and they're doing them without me right now because i'm too busy working my documentary but on ethnic studies with carrie bartholomew and some other people from northern utah and um we've gone through, and they're still doing this without me, picking through California's ethnic studies curriculum and the guidelines that they have, which Utah is, I've, I think it, it's going to be at least as bad as California's, perhaps worse. Wow. Sorry to say. But they say that it's a double helix in this California ethnic studies curriculum. One str- one strand is, um, they call it something, some form of humanism where you're learning to appreciate the different cultures. And the other strand is critical consciousness. They just come right out and say wow. it. Wow. And critical consciousness, tell us what that is. Again, critical consciousness is viewing the the entirety of society and everything through the the Marxist lens of oppressed versus oppressor. And you you are required to tear down the oppressive systems of power. It's very easy to to tool the founding fathers, their oppressors, because some of them were slave owners, even though they were born into that system and didn't like it, many of them. Yeah. And, you know, we have to tear down the statues. We have to, you know, the Constitution could very easily come Mm -hmm. under attack as a relic of whiteness with critical race theory. And also um, with ethnic studies, they throw in the LGBTQ stuff as well. And so uh, the privilege wheel, having doing the privilege exercises. And so I have to tell parents, it's not just that this would be a part of a class the goal is to embed the ethnic studies this is the, the the people who are creating it themselves say this yeah the goal is to embed that the social emotional learning and the ethnic studies into all of the subjects mm-hmm. math everything yeah now would the teachers here in washington county implement it that fully probably not they probably have a very soft start with it here in washington county because it would be too alarming mm-hmm. but i'm sorry it's Marxist created with Marxist goals. And we can't let this take over our education here in Washington County.
0: Well, and I have to tell you a personal story, even here at our local university, I had some nursing students report to me that they were being taught in one of their local classes here. And and I take this seriously. This is my profession as a nurse practitioner, science-based profession. And here at this local university, they were being taught that Whites are oppressive, blacks are oppressed. They were taken through these exercises of, you know, if you would react this way in a dark alley, if you see a black man there in a dark alley, you know, that's your your unconscious bias. I'm sorry, that if, I see to bring... it, if I see any man in a dark alley. Exactly, that's I'm why gonna, it's so ridiculous. I'm gonna be on guard. I don't care what color they are. I mean, yeah. that's just natural human nature, has nothing to do with their race. Um, You know, and that was just one example of, you know, even being taught that in the labor and delivery that they should not refer to the woman giving birth with she, her pronouns. I mean, just ridiculous. So I actually went and met with some of the leadership of the nursing program because I wanted to know if this was indeed true, because, you know, rumors fly. I thought, okay, I want to validate this. Oh, yeah, it's true. And they didn't even seem ashamed of it. In fact, they seemed proud that they were teaching nursing students how to live outside of our bubble here and how to live in the real world. Uh, I'm sorry. I've lived in the real world. If you want to call Utah, not the real world. I've worked in some of the busiest ERs off the Las Vegas strip. Um, The real world doesn't mean that because of my skin color, I'm somehow oppressing other people. And literally this instructor explained it to me. They said, well, you know, people of color, sometimes they just need us to to stack some boxes so that they can reach the fruit, too. And I looked at her and I said, excuse me, I have never heard something so racist In my entire life, if I was a black woman sitting here, I would be thinking, how dare you think that you, because of your skin color, are somehow better than me, that you have to stack boxes for me to reach that fruit? It is absolute insanity. And that's what's being pushed here, even at our local university. So I can imagine that it probably is being funneled down to... Our you know, K through twelve education as well. And when I got really to the root of where this was coming from at the university, guess what? It's the DEI office, yeah. diversity, equity, and inclusion. So yes. by the way, I support legislation. There is a bill coming forward this legislative session to abolish these DEI centers on universities because they are absolutely toxic for our communities. Yeah, they're Marxist.
1: And again, you can they, they, it makes you look like you're a bigot if you're against this, but I'm for, including people of all types. I'm for all different types of people, but just not the Marxist version of that. Right. That is so destructive. So, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But if, if we don't stop this, where this ends, it ends with social and emotional learning and ethnic studies curricula the the woke marxist indoctrination being the focus for education with a, maybe a smidgen of academics that's where and then it ends in revolution wow with radicalized youth and children we already are seeing that come true in some places
0: yeah and it's like are we really surprised that our academic testing scores across the country are as low as they are. I know some have kind of blamed it on COVID and the kids not going to school, but I also blame it on exactly what you're describing. There's this now this focus on on the whole child, and you know we have to provide all these things in school because they might have bad parents at home. Uh, how about you just teach my kid how to read and write and math like we used to do? Right. I had a really great public school education in America. Yeah. I really
1: did. I had some great teachers. I had some horrible teachers, and we moved. My dad was in the military. I went to many different schools, and overall, I had a very good experience in the 80s and and early 90s in America's public schools. That's not. It was not a bad situation for me. But what's happening now is is very disturbing. Yeah, and this you mentioned a whole child education, mm-hmm. and in my documentary we go. You know, I interviewed James Lindsay, Lisa Logan, Alex Newman about these different things. Oh, so excited yeah. for this to come out. Yeah, the whole child education is. It sounds great. It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's basically replacing. It's a. It's a bid to replace the family with the school. They're going to have clinics at the school. That clinics can. They can prescribe drugs at the school. Wow. They feed the meal. Meal all the meals to the kids at the school. They want to create, and I see this, I saw this happening at my son's school. Again, well-meaning teachers and administrators at this charter school in Washington County. Very well-meaning people. And I have nothing against any of them personally. But they call themselves a whole child school now, this school wow. that he used to go to. And I saw these interventions overstepping bounds. I heard, I saw on Facebook someone saying, oh, my child's teacher wants to come visit us at home like they're making home visits, like visiting teachers or whatever, ministers <laughs> to all the families. I'm like, come on. We, like, where are the boundaries? It's And it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. But where they can go with this is
0: usurping parental authority. Right. And we are seeing that in other states. Yeah. That's the scary thing is who would have ever thought that someone's parental rights would be overridden by... School now, it's one thing if there's true child abuse going on, right? But I'm sorry, a seven year old kid who really doesn't know a whole lot in life yet who wants to say they're the opposite gender because all their friends are doing it. That doesn't usurp the parents' rights to say, no, actually, my kid was born with this genitalia. They have these chromosomes. Therefore, they are this gender. Right. It's outrageous some of these states you see that are now usurping parental rights. Right. It's absolutely frightening. They're
1: trans, refu- trans sanctuary states. Yeah. And, and they'll take kids from any other state if they can get there and take them from the parents legally. That's their law, like California and some other states, and then
0: transition the child without the parents. Permission. Horrifying, and they do that knowing, by the way, scientifically that eighty to ninety percent of those kids are going to change their mind by the time they reach eighteen years old. Right, yeah. horrific. Yeah, docu- that we would mutilate children. Yeah, in my documentary,
1: I interviewed um, a man from Gays Against Groomers, mm. who is gay and who is against, along with everyone in Gays Against Groomers, all of this indoctrination of the yeah. children in the schools and in the in the culture. It's like, leave the kids alone and let them figure things out for themselves. Amen. Because it's not happening organically, all of this sudden trans children. And I have nothing against any child who is... Gay or trans, whatever. I, have, I actually have more compassion. Absolutely. And, I, and those everyone deserves to be treated with respect. Everyone is worthy of love. Right. But stop forcing this on our kids. And it's not just forcing it on them. Depending on the teacher, again, most teachers I know here in Washington County are not doing this. But this is this is happening where it's, it's, it's James Lindsay calls it a Maoist pressure pump for the kid to want to get out of being in the bad categories Mm -hmm. into a good category, Mm -hmm. the bad categories being white. You can't change that. um, Christian heterosexual. But if you can pick a queer gender or sexuality identity, then you're out of the bad group and you're in the good group. You're going to get affirmed and you're, you're not part of the oppressor
0: class anymore. (sighs) So, so disheartening that that would be happening. But I mean, you look at it, the statistics even, and I just asked someone this the other day, I said, so do you really think that there's no trend to this all of the sudden, you know, some areas showing up to 40% of right. these youth identifying an LGBT, which traditionally has been less than 5%. Like, do you think the human race is just naturally evolving itself out to exist out of existence? Because right. literally, I mean, this is what it comes down to is it is attacking right. the reproductive abilities of humans. Yeah, really scary. It really is and f-
1: most certainly is not organic. Yeah. So, I mean a certain percentage of it is. Right. But, but that that's been there. Yeah. So,
0: well, I so appreciate you coming on. I feel like one thing everybody can do, you know, we we're talking about solutions of how do we combat this? Well, number one is we need to be educated. We need to educate ourselves. Our families, our children, our friends and neighbors, which is why I love, love, love that Julie has taken the time to share her knowledge, her research, her expertise, which I'm sure has been hours and hours and hours. I can't even imagine how many hours, but pick up her book, watch for her documentary. Where can they get your book? Where can they watch for your documentary to come out?
1: Yeah, so my book Beneath Sheep's Clothing is on Amazon. Um, you can also go to my website, beneathsheepsclothing.com, and the documentary, Beneath Sheeps Clothing, will be out um, mid-January. Oh, that's so exciting! And we will be doing a live premiere here in St. George. Yes. And we will be bringing oh, some of updated. some of the top guests who are in the film to be to do like a live Q and A panel after um, premiering the film. And um, all of that is at beneathsheepsclothing.com. We have a new trailer. The our current trailer is at beneathsheepsclothing.com slash documentary we have a new trailer coming out in within the next week or so that's going to be really exciting too
0: awesome thanks so much julie cannot wait to read beneath sheep's clothing thanks everyone for watching share this and we'll see you next time thanks for being a part of the michelle tanner podcast please like follow subscribe and share and always remember to keep exposing truth but i won't back down no I won't back down This has been a production from A Podcast Studio